a little disclaimer for this episode. If you have kids in the room, I would suggest you just pause it now and just hold off until you have a little alone time. Um, we get a little silly on this episode. We have some foul language, some adult topics, playful adult topics. So I just want to give you a fair warning. Uh, otherwise, tell your kids earmuffs. But let's get on with the show. Hey, toy family. Welcome to the Marsham Toy Hour, where we discuss anything and everything designer toys. I'm Gary Ham. I'm Teresa Hawkins. I'm George Gaspar. Welcome back, George. Thank you. What, two months off? No, you came back one time in the last couple months. Uh, yeah, I snuck in there for one episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, many listeners are going to be glad you're back. I've been hearing from a lot of people. They kind of miss you. So. Oh, come on. Teresa's got all the knowledge. She's talks about all the cute stuff. You don't need me here. You know, <laughs> the people, people like the guy who kind of dishes like harsh honesty. And you've kind of developed a reputation for being that guy. The a-hole is what you're saying. <laughs> well, see, I never saw you that way. I know the people who, some people would see it that way. I never saw that. I always just thought, like, you're just being honest. And I appreciate honesty way more than the person who has nothing to say. I love having you on. Sometimes I have too much to say. Well, try not, <laughs> what I'm saying is just try not to suck too much tonight because people are really excited you're back. All right. Well, we'll see. After Comic-Con, I had a bit of a rage problem. So we'll we'll see if it's subsided <laughs> enough. Uh, okay. And uh, so last week we took off and it was my wife's birthday. So we uh, decided to celebrate her birthday and just have a nice, easy going uh, weekend. If she's listening, I'm sure she'll appreciate that. Thanks, George. <laughs> and uh, also while we had the week off, I a lot of people have been asking for a place that they can discuss post discussion show of what we talk about here on Marsham or just like a one place that they can go to Instagram. And I always thought Instagram might be the place for that, but it's proven not to be with the algorithms and all that. So what I did is I set up a stomping ground for us on Facebook. It's a, it's a Facebook group, but we're calling it the Marsham stomping ground. And basically that's where we're going to continue post uh, podcast discussions, have, I'm going to have daily fun questions. We're going to have polls and just share links and just other toy nonsense there on a daily basis. So if that's something you're interested in, just search Marsham on Facebook and join the stomping ground. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, we've only been doing it for a week now, but, you know, hopefully it's a place that the listeners or any fans of the show or really just anyone. We're just trying to, you know, have a nice, fun, you know, lighthearted little community. And if you have any suggestions for the show or want to, you know, discuss what you heard on the show, that'll be the place to do it. Um, otherwise, guys, we're being joined by a, a guest today. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm stoked. Yeah, all right. Well, let's die. Well, let's just do it. So we're being joined by the incredible self-taught sculptors of Amazing Things. She's, um, I believe she originally started doing just sculpting jewelry, but she's transitioned to sculpting uh, toys of her own design, like her owlies. She's been doing customs, and she's also been a hired hand to contribute her sculpting talents for toys like Super 7's licensed muscle lines and even the upcoming 5-inch Krumpus Dunny by Kid Robot. Her work is beautiful, it's highly technical, and worthy of all the accolades she's been receiving. So let's give a big, warm Marsham welcome to Seriously Silly Kate. Thank you guys. You guys are too sweet. That was a very, very nice introduction. We try. Thank you. No, that was very sweet. Um, I already have a warm tummy now. I'm also blushing, so I don't know if it's the plum wine or if it was the sweet introduction. <laughs> it's okay. We're not Thank on video, you. so we can just imagine that. <laughs> can I call you uh, Silly? Yes, that, feel free to call okay. me silly or cat, whatever is more okay. is more pleasant for you. Let's go silly. 
So silly. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with the show, but usually <laughs> really, just... we're gonna go silly over cat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like silly. Well, you can go cat if you want. If All you right, got, you, you do what cat. you gotta do, Gary. <laughs> I like silly too. You know, it's 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 not necessarily meant into the dumb way, but silly as and goofy. And a lot of my work actually is always you know a little a little butthole there or a little dick and then just some some fun funniness to it yeah exactly so i i definitely want to get in talking about you and how you got started sculpting and in into this crazy designer toy world but before we do that we have this segment at the beginning of every show we did it's called lease and sneak peeks and it's basically the part of the show where we talk about anything that we might have seen on social media this week or previous weeks that we're excited about that's coming out so Silly, with you being our guest, would you like to go first? Oh yeah, um, I actually have a, have a couple of toys that I have seen um pop up on Instagram, which I loved a lot. One one of them, I'm pretty sure you guys have seen it too, is um Hattori Taro, if I pronounced that right, which is like a little chubby Garfield-like tiger house cat that is uh, disguised as a human and has those pink nipples which is incredibly like this is this is my my kind of toy because it's silly it's cute and it's fun so that is one and i think this is like right now for pre-order at my plastic heart not sponsored (laughs) and um also the other one that i like very much because i love rainbows is from candy balton she is releasing like a a red panda randulu thing Mm -hmm. if i remember that name right and it's it's like translucent. I don't know if it's a fubi or if it's just you know a shiny vinyl, but still it's it, it's like similar to to those um, with the with this with the spikes on the back. I think it would go very well with the Nagora cat or the Rangeras by T Tichi Nine or even even like the little Rangeron because it has those spikes that yep. would fit so great in this collection. So her toys are always Japanese inspired, and I love them. Yeah, it's a fantastic. I love Randall Lulu. And the moobs, the moobs on the cat one, the Hartari. Yes. That, that didn't bother you at all? No, I actually find I find them so adorable. If I had the <laughs> toy, I would just tweeze around on those tiny nipples. It's just cute. And and the little muffin top as well on the belly. It's just like a nice yeah. little chubby beer belly. Uh-huh. No, that's a rad. I love the sculpt on that one. It's great. Mm-hmm. Okay, good ones. Who wants to go next? Teresa. Alrighty then. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only thing I can think of, um, and it's not even really necessarily a toy, but something cute, of course, cute that I saw. But um, Flat Bonnie, who uh, who does a lot of the uh, you know cute flat plushies, um, she actually is working on some jewelry. They're basically faces of her her different characters, so like her bunny and hamster and cat and a dog, and um, she's making these heart pennants with those character faces on them in like a, I guess like a sterling silver type of thing, right? Yeah. yeah. She's making them into like necklaces and bracelets and key rings and whatnot. They're super cute, and so I know it's not necessarily a toy per se, but it's kind of a spinoff of her characters and. I saw those come through, and those were those were pretty fun. No, I, I really like those too. And I think if she, I don't know if she could possibly do it, but if there's any sort of like toy store distributor or even those laser, those laser engraving machines, if she got in touch with someone like that, those designs of her would sell by the thousands at like a PetSmart or a Petco or any yeah. sort of pet store like that. You know, people love their pets, and I I can see like even someone like you, Teresa or Silly. 
you know, you both love your dogs and like, you know, you're wearing one necklace and then you have the, the engraved dog tag of the same design on their, you know, on their collar. I can see that would doing really well, but right now they're just for humans, but I think they're pretty awesome. You know what, Gary? I totally now want to buy two and just <laughs> one somehow on my dog's car. You so could. Have you could totally do it. Jewelry. Yeah. Yes, like, the, like those friendship bracelets. Yeah, totally. I'm I'm crazy enough to do that, and I kind of want to do it now. So maybe I will do it. But um, I think she she had made some, and I know she was doing um CatCon, but I believe um <laughs> she has put them up in her web shop Seriously. in her web shop now. So I think they're available to go check out and buy. I've heard it all. Did you say CatCon? Yeah, yeah. There's, <laughs> a, there's, a, there's a convention for everything now. Dude, CatCon's huge. I bet. No, yeah. people love their cats. I get it. We it's right them. here where, where uh, DesignerCon is. Same place. Oh, okay. Pasadena? Yep. And Kelly is the crazy stuff. Have you have you ever seen this little commercial? I think it was another big thing on Instagram where where people, you know, they couldn't really lick their cat the same way a cat licks them. So they, they have those like silicone tongues. You stick it in your mouth and then you just pet them with that stupid ass tongue. And, and Yeah, licky cat. <laughs> oh, you actually know the name of it. They, or, yeah, they, they were selling it at CatCon last year. You were there in person. No, no, our, because it's here locally, our local radio station covers the event. So uh, I, I listened to a lot of the, the stuff that they did on it. Hmm. But you, you don't have a cat yourself and do that crazy stuff, do you? <laughs> no, I'm allergic to cats, so I can't do that. Oh, oh. Jesus. <laughs> Only cats or dogs as well? Uh, I As far as I know, it's just cats. That's good. Okay. Good to know. I'm with you, George. Cats suck. <laughs> well, that comes across a little harsh, but I'm crazy allergic, so I can't really deal with cats either. Damn. I always hear, and I don't know if it's true, but you are not actually allergic against the hair, but the spit that the cats yep. elevate all over their hair. So when you get that stuff in your nose, if you would just have a cat that doesn't lick itself, that would be perfect for you. But That's... then you'd have a dirty cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Giggles, George. Uh, what did you bring for us? I don't know. Did you did you guys mention the the Grief Encounters Kickstarter? No, I've didn't. been listening, but I don't remember you guys talking about it. No, we talked about his ten year anniversary figure coming out, but not the uh, Grief Encounters Kickstarter. All right, well, I'll mention that because it only has a couple days left, and they're still you know trying to reach the goal. It's a pretty hefty goal, um, and it's if you don't know who I'm talking about, it's Luke Chu and Monkey King, and they are trying to. I guess it's actually Monkey King's Kickstarter. They're trying to make animated versions of some of his paintings. Kind of tells the story of like how how the painting image got to where it's at in the in the story, you know what I'm saying? So like they put up an example on their page of one of the of the Target animation that they did for the Target painting and mm-hmm. it's just so cool. It like brings that whole painting to life and it gives it a whole new like I don't know, there's like for me it's like a whole new sense of it of the painting now. Okay. And uh, I just think it's such a cool idea. Like when I first saw it, I backed it cause, just because I like Luke and I like Monkey King. But after I actually watched the video, I was like, oh, you know what? This is kind of neat. Like after I saw the actual animation, because at first I was like, who cares? Like I don't need to have animation about it. I'll back it because they're my friends. But then I ba- then I watched it and I changed my mind. And I was like, you know what? I'll back this because it's cool. Okay, cool. And so it's there- gonna, it's going to be tough to reach that goal in a, in only a couple days left. But let's you know if we all 
chip in a little bit. There's there's exclusive figures. There's a, ver- a version of that new figure, of that 10-year anniversary figure that they're doing. And there's a bunch of cool stuff. If you're into Luke Chu's art, I'd say get on there and check it out. What's the actual end date? Do you know? The 20th, I believe. August Sunday, August 20th. Okay. So, yeah, we got almost a week left. So, yeah. Let's, uh, it, it looks like it's probably at midnight. So, maybe Saturday is the actual, the 19th. Is really like you only have till then. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Let's um, uh, let's support Luke. Sounds like a good little project. I'm actually uh, interested in how it will look like if they um, will animate that figure with those two wolves fucking the bitch one. That's <laughs> the, that's one of the ones that they said they're gonna do. Oh my goodness. So I'm I'm interested <laughs> to see that as well. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they're showing the red rocket or if they keep it PG. <laughs> I don't know. I have to wait and find out. All I know is this is not Teresa talk. I'm, I'm literally sitting here thinking I'm so in, way too innocent for some of this conversation. Teresa has no idea what a red rocket is. I know what you're meaning there. Yeah, or, 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 or lipstick. I think lipstick is another term for. Uh, yes. For yeah, there you go. Yeah. Glad that no. you have a girl. You don't have to see that happening. See? And that's. One very positive thing of having a, a sweet little girl. Yeah, but they but they bleed like once every half year, you know, a couple drops here and there, unless you have a fixed. Oh, she's fixed. <laughs> she's fixed, okay. No, no, yeah. ma- no making babies over here. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I prefer the two when dogs are fixed, because there are too we many are dogs. off topic. Oh, yeah. I'm no. sorry! <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only proper. We started out the show making a silly blush, and now... Teresa's going to blush. And George, by the end of the show, we're going to make you blush. We'll see. Yeah. You too, Gary. <laughs> People will never know if he does because we can actually see him. That's true. Well, I guess it's my turn. So I'll, I'll do my little leak real quick here. So Eric yeah. Alfin, um, he's also um, Sad Salesman on Instagram. He, uh, he, he made some noise. I love the guy. Yeah, I'm awesome. Sorry. Yeah, no, so he made some noise at five points with his first self-produced vinyl toy. Yeah, it was simply titled Wizard. It's an awesome figure. Uh, a lot of people were really excited about the release. And, well, from the, spot, uh, the Marsham Stomping Ground this week, we have learned that he has a second figure that he's going to self-produce titled the Dessert Oracle. And it's going to be releasing at DesignerCon. So anyone who's not familiar with Eric's work, uh, be sure to check him out on Instagram. He's at sad underscore salesman on Instagram. He creates fun and winsome characters. Um, this this the one that I really like, this, the dessert oracle that's going to come out at DesignerCon. It's like three stacked characters, all kind of like a little bit dessert themed. Uh, he does a lot of stacked characters, and they're just fantastic. And uh, he does all the sculpting. He's posted the... Um, early preview on uh, the Marsham Stomping Ground, so you can check that out there. We'll post some, um, or just, I'm sure he'll post it on Instagram as well. And uh, so, and also speaking of DesignerCon, the tickets are now available for purchase at DesignerCon.com. There are three tiers for the tickets. There's the one-day pass, a weekend pass, and a VIP pass. The VIP passes are $35, and they're said to be limited, but I have not been able to read anywhere what the limited ability is. I don't know if it's a limited time frame or a certain number. I haven't been able to find that out. So if you want early entrance, you want to be able to attend panels and an after party and be able to get some of the after party exclusives and all that added good stuff that a VI pass gets you, uh, be sure to go to designercon.com and get your pass. Like Decon! It. Woo! It's going to be I'm my so first actually... one. 
I'm really excited about that. Uh, yes. That salesman figure because it's it's really cute and it's got like the middle character holding a really cute ice cream cone. Yeah, it's like a little rabbit guy holding an ice cream cone and yeah, it's, it's yeah. fun. They're fun. He does great work. I he's, hope he's actually going to be at Decon this year because you said one of like his new figure is going to be released at Decon, so I hope he's going to be there. I would love to meet the guy. I'm pretty certain he'll be there. Yeah. He's he's really nice, and I actually didn't know about his art until actually end of May when when I saw that he's uh, part of that Stranger Factory show um, that we both had together with other artists in June. Yes. So I, I was basically being being notified about his work, and it's just so adorable. It makes me smile. There's so much derpy cuteness in his work. Yep. And yeah, I I, I just I just really love his work, and we have been chit chatting here and there, so. I hope I hope he's gonna get um, more publicity than than he has because he deserves more followers. That's for sure. Oh, definitely, he's a great guy. He does amazing work. I stopped by his booth at Five Points, and everything that he sculpts, and it all deserves to be a toy. I mean, I want it all. Yes, um, he does. Absolutely this, agree. He did a wonderful um, turtle rider. It's a turtle with this you know weird looking little wizard guy riding up top. I mean, it's it's just fantastic whimsical stuff, and that's exactly what appeals to me. So. Uh, I love him. Eric's a good guy. So, yeah, let's definitely uh, support him and, you know, egg him on to make more toys. Do you know if that dessert Oracle is going to be a, a production thing or is it going to be just like handmade resins? No, it's going to be production. From what I saw uh, he posted on the stomping ground, it's going to be a five inch vinyl toy. But um, I don't know what the addition size is or anything like that. So he says it's going to be released at DesignerCon. But like his first one, the wizard that was released at five points, I mean, that was only an addition of 150 pieces. And as far as I know, only released in that one colorway. I have not heard any news of it coming out in a second colorway at all. So, that yeah. thing looks amazing, though. I never even, I've never even heard of this guy or seen this before. That thing's so cool. I might yeah. have to order one of these after the show. Yeah, it was it, that piece was sort of the talk of the town of uh, Five Points. It was like I heard a lot of people talking about it. I saw a lot of people walking around with it, and then like as soon as he got back from Five Points, I just started seeing the shops now stocking it and stuff. So you know, he's he's creating waves. Uh, so is this good the for him. is this his first vinyl? That one? That one is his very first vinyl. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to order that. That thing's cool yeah. looking. Oh, you know, that's awesome. You'll like it. It's really cool. And that one was actually produced through Pretty in Plastic. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. yeah. So, well, silly, let's get to know you a little bit. What do you want to know, Gary? Well, where were you born? I was born <laughs> in Germany. And, oh, who just snorted? <laughs> no, I try not to do, like, boring interview-style stuff, but no. So, yeah, so you came from... You're, you're, so you're born in Germany, but you now live in the States since, like, 2009? Yes. Okay. Yes. How do you know so much about me already? I, I'm a stalker. I secretly stalk you. <laughs> That's Creeper. fine with me. Yeah. <laughs> you live in yep. muggy, muggy, beautiful, warm Florida? Yes. And I actually love it um, temperature-wise. And I also love the, the nature down here. It's it's literally like National Geographic. You know, you, you have so many different species. It's tropical down here. So for, for me, when it comes to casting or to airbrushing or to, you know, use spray paint or anything, it's the worst weather ever because the humidity just traps all of the bubbles and yeah, your, your paint attracts moisture. So that is a shitty thing. But aside from that, I really love it down here. Right. Okay. Mm. So did we really just talk about the weather, though? What we did. We did. We did. And uh, oh I, I might cut that out. We'll see. I might like it. I don't know. We'll see. But so in in the, in the intro, I sort of mentioned that you are a self-trained sculptor. Like, how did that come to be? Like, 
what were you doing, like, as a profession, what were you doing before you started sculpting? Oh, holy fuck. Um, okay, let's, let's say it like this. Um, but my father, you know, he, he has art in his blood. So he is a wonderful oil painter and he used to carve out um, for Christmas you know, wooden, wooden figures. And he is, he's incredible with this, basically like wood dremeling or however you would say this in the USA. Mm -hmm. So, um, I have a little bit of, of artistic talent, I would say in my blood, but I never really trained for that. I actually moved out when I was 17 years old and I, um, got an apprenticeship as an insurance saleswoman but not not in the matter that you think I was actually a saleswoman I worked um on the inner departments and I took care of people who had contracts and different uh, kind of insurance branches and that that I did I did this actually for eight years of my life until until I met the, met my husband and uh, we actually met each other in a chat room together and then he introduced me to designer toys. I never knew what they were before. He had a couple of toys, and then I started collecting too. And eventually, I just started sculpting on one. And this is how everything then just flourished since 2010, I think. Okay, but you didn't start sculpting in 2010. You were sculpting before then, right? Like like jewelry no, and not, stuff like that? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I... I did mushrooms and stuff here there, but that was that literally only happened when I moved to the USA, and I think I just started around 2010. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, so you're like a late bloomer, but you're you're incredibly talented. Like, I, thank you, you know, so much. I hear people talking about how amazing your sculpts are all the time. So to be starting, you know, be doing this only within the last what you see moved in Florida in 2009. Let me do the <laughs> math. Eight years. You've only been doing this eight years, and you're incredible. I think eight years is a, is a long time. Um, other people might develop that skill much, much faster than I did. So, you know, it's it's literally just me teaching myself and figuring stuff out through trial and error. And that might be the most sincere way of becoming an artist without having to go to a school and they force their styles up on you. Mm-hmm. But still, I would I would rather probably have like a sculpting education and just be more efficient than actually having to go through the trouble and teaching myself. So it's 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 all pros and cons in that matter. Yeah, trial and error and you know missteps along the way and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot. I'm I'm still not where I want to be. I always I I follow so many people on Instagram who are just incredibly talented artists, and I look up to those, and I hope that someday I will be able to be on their level. George, what do you, what do you think about that? I think she's already on surpassed many people's I know. levels. So. <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> shut up. Um, what, what is your, what are you sculpting in? Like when you do the, like you did the figures for uh, super seven, the worst, like the mini figures, yeah. what are you sculpting those in when you, when you're making them? Um, I actually work with super sculpy. This is a type of polymer clay and, I always use the firm one, but they have now a new one out there, which is not just normal and firm anymore. They now have an extra firm. So the firm one is almost too soft now. They they really try to invent new shit for you, so you have to buy more. It's, it's terrible. But yeah, I, I love Super Scorpy over any other clay that I have tried so far. Are you using like a... Uh... A wax as well, or what's like? Because I know, no. like, on some of them, there's that green. What's the green? Oh, 
Yeah, the the green the green is actually called green stuff. It literally is called green stuff, and I think it is from from a brand called Citadel, and uh, it's it's um like an epoxy clay where one part is yellow and one part is blue, and you mix them equally together, and it cures much much quicker, and it's also flexible in some ways. Oh, okay, so it's it is an epoxy sculpt then, and that's those are hard pieces on there. Yeah, but they but they're not not really hard. They're kind of still you know flexible in some ways. They don't break as quickly as um, other clays do. But I only use it in a very few areas if I need to do some some detailing or I need something to cure quickly because I don't really bake my little sculptures until they're actually done. Right. How are... what what are you working with wood wax? Yeah, I mean, all, for that, for those kind of size things, I would definitely do a wax. Um, but only because, for me, Sculpey has always been too soft. Yeah. And I, I haven't tried the extra firm or whatever you just said yeah, it was called. Yeah, try that one. It's like a new one that they brought out. Okay. That's yeah, the, like that turtle shell you made on that, on that, uh, that little, yeah, that, that little figure, that turtle shell was insane. Thank you so much. That was that was also done. done I mean, even that whole figure is insane. But like that turtle shell, like the work just to do that piece, it must have taken hours. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of my problem. I'm a little bit obsessed with details, even though somebody, you know, I mean, you probably have worked with Scott before. I think you did for him the deadbeat, and I fucking love that thing. The deadbeat 2.0 as well, with the with the, with the little belly again, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, this is so good. It looks just like the drawing. And I have told Scott before that I hope I'm going to reach a level because it was such a fantastic piece. Well, you're beyond that level already. That that little like Kappa figure and these these Super 7 minis are amazing. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> no. I mean, yes, thank you. But you guys are I like playing tennis too. with compliments right now. Well, I'm, I, I'm not going to stop because these like just scroll through her Instagram and look yeah. at this stuff. It's like, come on. So, let me just stop right now. So anyone who's not familiar, I would say follow. Go right now on Instagram. Follow Seriously Silly K. She does a lot of like um, in-progress shots. She does a lot of live videos where she'll actually talk and you can watch them and she'll teach you. You can actually watch her sculpt and she'll show you yes. why she does this and why she uses this. And I've watched a few of them. Uh, it's hard, you know, unfortunately, I had kids when I was watching them, so I didn't get to watch them through their entirety. But, you know, I learned a few little little tricks of why she uses alcohol and, and you know, sort of little tricks like that. So I would say definitely follow her, whether you're a sculptor or not a sculptor. Her, her work is amazing and she does a lot of collaborations and all that stuff. So definitely uh, have a look. Yeah, uh, if if you follow me, give me a heads up where you came from, and I'm gonna check you guys out, out too. I always always like to look at what kind of people follow me, and if, if you're not private, I'm gonna check you out. Maybe um, even follow you back, especially if you're an artist, because that is so kind of my niche that I follow on Instagram. I take that inspiration. Um, I take this as a as a goal for me to get better. So people like George, for example, you know, I, I take him as a as, as a peer and I'm like, okay, you gotta, you gotta learn more to even, you know, come near where those novels and that makes you just better. Yeah. Now, are you, are you sculpting full time? Yes, I do. Nice. Um, that is, that is what I do. It's not always easy cause I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to figure all of this stuff out, but there, there are a couple of, of, of people that I actually really like working with and super seven has become one of those, 
uh, companies that I love working for because my, my contact there is Josh. I mean, George, you probably know him, Josh Herbelsheimer. Yeah. And he's just, he just really understands the progress and he provides always great sketches and I love working, working with him. It's, it's always great when you don't even get to hear that you need to make changes, but very often, you know, if it's licensed figures, it has to go through the licensor and they might want to have changes. But I really love working with Josh. Like Super 7 has become one of my favorite companies to work for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Josh is a good dude. Yeah, right. Now, do you have a preference whether something's a, a small, like like the like the muscle figures, or versus maybe doing like just like a standard four or five inch figure? Does it matter to you, or you don't seem really um, hindered by working really small at all? Yeah, um, I I actually never worked on such small pieces until uh, Super Seven asked me uh, if I could sculpt the Street Fighter figures for them. So that was my very first try ever on those type of figures. Wow. But but I actually got better through through the progress of making those twelve figures. The first couple ones they might not have been ideal, but then the more detailed one I kept for the end, and those ones turned out really, really good. And now that I have done a couple more series for them, one of them is still in production, which I don't know if I can talk about. But yeah, for for me, if I don't go out of my comfort zone, I won't get better. And those muscle figures were definitely in the beginning out of my comfort zone. And now I love doing small work just as much as I love bigger work or medium sized stuff. Mm-hmm. Show, show me any design. If I like it, I want to sculpt it. <laughs> now, are you, primarily, yeah? are you primarily working on like designer toy-ish type stuff? Or are you working for other mainstream toy companies? Or is it mainly toy work that's keeping you busy full time? Or is it more personal stuff and toy stuff? Sadly, not so much personal stuff. Um, I have been taking out the last couple of months um, to work on a project that I've actually started last year, which is like a little, a little cute armadillo. And yeah. I finally, I, I finally was like invited to another toy show where I had an ex- like for myself an excuse to just put all of the other work aside and make molds of that piece and cast like one up. So I can't wait to actually make some for Decon as well. I'm so happy how this piece came out. And it's it's rarely evident I'm happy with my work, but this armadillo is just ultra fucking cute. <laughs> <laughs> is that the one you uh like it like melted down to poop on your Instagram? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that video, yeah. I saw. And what is, what is the reason for that? It's just it's just a, a reusable clay so you can melt it down and just reuse it again? Yes. Okay. Yes, it was actually monster clay and I've never worked with monster clay before. It has kind of like a wax type of texture to it, but I didn't know that um in the heat where I live that it will get ultra freaking soft. So for me this was one of the most terrible clay to work with, but because I already did so much on the body and I sculpted all of those um, scales in, in like a honeycomb pattern, I just couldn't give up and had to keep working with this freaking material. And I, I, I hope I will probably use it more like around the winter time when it's colder here. Otherwise, it's just it's terrible to work with. Sorry, Monster Clay. Now, is Monster Clay like a um, like a super sculpty where you can stick it in the freezer and it kind of hardens up yes. and makes it easier to work with for at least a couple yes. hours? Okay. Yeah, and that for a couple of hours, I usually also had to dip my hands in cold water so it would not deform in my hand. I'm I'm never having the AC on like a low temperature because we have. I know it's totally off topic, guys. I'm sorry, Teresa. I'm sorry, George. I'm sorry, <laughs> Gary. But our AC here it can't handle anything below 76 degrees. So during the day, I have it between 80 and 82. So I'm sweating my balls off in this house. And then in the <laughs> evening, I turn it to 76 so so we can sleep somehow. Let's, let's talk about how you have balls. Oh. <laughs> 
Every woman has a pair of balls hidden inside of them. Right, Teresa? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And sometimes it comes out and sometimes it doesn't. You know, it's I funny. I, that that sounds get off, miserable, by the way. Yeah. And I can't, I can't use that monster clay for the same reason. Like, my hands are too hot yeah. to use that clay. I'm, I'm I'm glad you uh, you have the same issue, but I uh, I didn't know that monster clay comes in different textures or different hardens. I kind of want that as medium because Amazon only sells on the medium um, texture, so they have um, supposedly one that is harder and probably doesn't melt as quickly. It still melts quickly. Any of the ones I've ever tried, like I've never like I don't know because I guess maybe like I run hot personally, so like when I'm holding it, it just ends up melting in my hand. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> And I know people who do amazing things with monster clay. Yes. It's, a, it's a really cool looking clay when people use it. I just, I don't understand how anyone uses it. I'm fully with you on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sold on it. The only reason why I bought it was because it was a five pound tub. And uh, it was like around $30, which is relatively cheap for so much clay. Oh yeah, that's in- amazing. Yeah, when you when you buy like a, a pound of monster clay, you pay between 15 and $17. And that's just you know, comparable expensive. Yeah, you mentioned you sort of worked in epoxy uh, material, or, or I can't think of the actual term for it, epoxy. But, you know, like, yes. like, like magic sculpt, where you only have really a 24-hour window to sculpt. Do you like yes. working with that sort of medium, or do you prefer having like a super sculpty where it's just, you can, can, it's always available to sculpt until, you know, you're ready to bake it? Actually, both, and I'm pretty sure George, George does this too. I usually... Um, put like a little wire, uh, a self-created wire amateur underneath my sculptures um, as well with the um, muscle figures. And then I put a small amount of the, um, what's it what's it called again, magic sculpt. So basically the two-part compound resin because that cures in a few hours and it's nice and hard and doesn't bend your figure anymore. And then over top of that, I work with the super sculpty over my days or weeks of time, which I really prefer over having to rush with details because the, the magic sculpt is great for for um hardness and for some structure but i don't think it's great for detailing unless you have a lot of stuff to send gotcha okay what about you george uh well when i do that little stuff like that i'll use wax so i don't oh, need yeah, to, i don't need to do an armature or anything because yeah. the wax keeps its shape and it you know it's at room temperature it's as hard as you need it to be so yeah wax wax is like another thing that i have to get into if if I want to continue going smaller with details, that's for sure. But yeah. do you do you have one of those little melting pens or however those things are called? Those yeah. electric ones? Yeah, you can't like that. You pretty much need to work with one of those if you're going to do any kind of wax. It's not just like because it's not a soft material. It's more of like a carving material. So mm-hmm. you have to be able to heat it back up. And those those pens are a must. I know some people, they, I think, use like a little oil lamp and then just heat up their metal tools. But that is more of a prime evil te- um, technique than the pens, right? No, you could do that, too. I mean, you definitely I, I have a little lamp on my table as well. So I, I use both. Do you guys yeah. wear those little magnifying glasses, like those little headsets where, <laughs> you know, because you, you work I don't, I don't so wear small. It, I don't wear it the whole time I'm sculpting, but I've definitely put it on to, to work on a face or something like that. Yeah, because I imagine those even those muscle figures, I, it would just is it is it easier to work when you're using the magnifying glasses, or is it just? I mean, I've never done it. I just imagine no, it's a pain you, in the ass. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I I get asked that question too um, very often in my comments, and I actually I don't really use a magnifying glass because 
I tried it before a friend of mine. She got me like a little a little holder thingy where also the magnifying glass is there, but it it changes your whole kind of per- perception of of the depth and everything. So I don't mm. like working with it. I just hold it closer to my eyes, and until I'm older and I need glasses, I will just continue this way. Yeah, and that's what happened to me, and that's why I can't see anymore. <laughs> How old are you, George? <laughs> off- What's my age? Oh, I'm yes. uh, 42. 42. Okay. Well, I got I got ten years inside of me before I go there. Then. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you'll you'll get to the point where it'll suck. Keep looking at that small. <laughs> Where's Teresa? <laughs> She's probably I'm here. Teresa, where are you? Jump in here. What do you want me to say? How are your eyes? Oh, um, and I have glasses. No, I'm. I just don't. I don't, I'm just been listening because I don't sculpt, so this has all been really interesting. I don't have anything to contribute because I don't really do it. But um, um, <laughs> Teresa, though, uh, what about you and collecting toys? Do you prefer vinyl toys, or do you like people actually selling handmade toys, resin toys that you know come from the artists themselves without having to go through a manufacturer or somebody else sculpting the toys? Um, I like a mix, honestly. For me, it's it's less about the material that it's made in and more about the quality. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't care necessarily if it's resin or vinyl or what have you, but I want to make sure it's done really well. So, like, so you don't like I, seam lines, right? No, I'm not a huge fan of like, yeah, not a huge fan of seam lines. Um, like, I'm. I'm very nitpicky. I think Gary saw a side of that at five points when we were <laughs> pulling dunnies from the designer toy award set. Like I just care about the details being very well done. So I am more than fine. I own for sure resin pieces and they're, they're really well done. So um, I don't mind different materials. I just want them to be good quality. And I think you do a really good job at that. Yeah, Definitely. And speaking of quality, we got some awesome quality uh, sponsors of the show. We have two amazing designer toy stores for you. There's 3DRetro.com, and 3D Retro also has a brick-and-mortar location out there in Southern California. I believe it's just uh, Burbank adjacent. Uh, here's a beautiful source, so be sure to check them out. And there's StrangeCatToys.com. And actually, if you use promo code MARSHAM at checkout, you will receive 10% off your order. And then we have PrinceOnWood.com. So if you're an artist or a photographer, and if you ever wanted to have your artwork or photography printed on beautiful, sustainable wood, then be sure to head on over to PrinceOnWood.com. They have a wide variety of services to offer you, and they've worked with a great deal of amazing artists helping them with their limited edition fine art prints, and they can do the same for you. And to stay up to date with the most current releases and toy news, we have two awesome toy blogs for you. So be sure to check out thetoychronicle.com and spankystokes.com for all your designer toy news. Let's get back to Seriously Silly K. Silly, do you collect toys yourself? I know you said that your husband got you into designer toys when you do some yes. customizing. Okay, so you do collect. Yes, we do. We do collect designer toys. We have like a bunch of labbits from Frank. I love his whole Red Rum series that he did with like the, the shark from Toy Cube or what is his name? Sork? Like the like the character from The Fifth Element. The Fifth Element is, by the way, one of my favorite movies ever. Uh, <laughs> again, off topic. But yes, we do have a lot of designer toys, probably not as much as other people, but it's 
easily in the hundreds. So what is your overall collecting like aesthetic? What does your collection look like? Is it I know you sculpt really detailed, so do you like the more sculpted, heavy sculpted stuff, or do you like the, you know, hardly any details, more cute stuff? It actually depends. We have in our living room a collection that is from white, red to black uh, changing. I like Ferg, for example, a lot. Um, he works with like Jamungo. And uh, they brought out um, five years ago, I think, or probably longer, a really awesome red. It's called like a plague red. And he had shotguns and weapons with him. And he was dressed in a nice suit. He looked like an oversized Ken doll. And the feature that actually sold me on it was that you could squeeze the head and then like a little tongue came out. That was one of my favorite figures that he produced. But we also have like a lot of other Ferg toys, the squats and stuff, because I like that three-eyed detail at the same time with the simplicity of the toys. And I love that he puts clothes on his pieces. So Mm -hmm. it's like a it, it really depends on if I like the toy or not. And of course, I love anything rainbow colored. So we also have like a little bit of different toys that might not fit well together, but color wise they do with the rainbow scheme. Okay, that's cool. And then what about your sculpting preference? We all know that you do really amazing, highly detailed works, but do you also prefer doing simpler stuff? By simpler, I don't mean that because I know I've heard from a lot of people that say doing the simpler, more cartoony, more smooth stuff is actually more difficult. So question to both you and George, like, what do you think? You want to go first, George? Um, I mean, they both have their challenges for sure. Mm-hmm. I think the, the nice thing about highly detailed stuff is you can hide a lot of flaws in detail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So when you have to do like a big, smooth, cartoony thing, it is a, it is a little bit harder because you really have to nail the actual shapes and the actual sizes of everything. And if you don't, if your planes are wrong or if your angles are wrong, it really shows on something that's smooth. Yes, what what you said, I absolutely agree with that one. It's, for me, I love detailed stuff the most for because I'm, I'm, I'm just obsessed with, with details. I think a sculpture looks just so much more interesting and intricate if it has the details. But on the other hand, some sculptures require simplicity. Right now I'm working, for example, on one that is for the glitter hippo store they're like a daughter company of solar color dust and they have like a cute little hippo as a a mascot and this has like a lot of round and smooth areas and for me i hate sanding so this is one of those things where i need to sand a lot because i won't be able to completely just by sculpting make everything smooth and round the way it has to be it's a really, really cute figure. I put a little bit more wrinkles in there than the design shows. So I make it a little bit more detailed just to please myself. But at the same time, I have to go with the simplicity that is required. Well, we're talking about the, the Kappa turtle that you did for um, Tolleson. I, lo- I love doing the Kappa. I saw his sketch. He hardly put any detail on the yes. shell. So yes. did you? <laughs> did he ask for you to do the detail or you just say, no. screw it, I'm going to put in all this detail. And his mind's going to be blown. Yeah, um, that is that is how it goes with me. When like Scott and me collaborate together, I always go a little bit beyond what's requested of me because I actually love, love collaborating with them together because he gives me a design, but he also gives me at the same time a freedom for me either to do what I want with the sculpt because I think it might look cooler this way or just to, to improve it in, in my own vision. And we have done this in the, in, the, in the past, and the shell was one of those things. You know, he sent me like a front, a back, and a side sketch, and they were just sketches, but but really, really nicely done. And then he just told me what he wanted for it. For example, in the sketch, he didn't um, 
they or he, he didn't show that he wanted skin texture but he told me he wants a nice light skin texture not too deep not too subtle but at the same time you know that it looks realistic so i just started doing a skin texture asked for his permission if that works and he told me okay that's cool change this and this and with the shell i just went ahead without even asking and went with this intricate design knowing that he probably would not object to it and he loved it so yeah i put a little bit of my own soul into this so I know I know a little something about Scott, and he could be quite uh, particular. Yeah. So the fact that he's very. trusting you to do kind of whatever you want to do with his design, and he's not like being a stickler to his design. That that's putting a lot of faith in you as a sculptor and your style and where he believes that you can take it. So I mean that alone says it's saying a lot. Trust me. Yeah, I I actually do do appreciate that too. You know, I mean he he sometimes gets like new visions or while I'm sculpting for him he wants to see what it would look a different way so I re-sculpt it and then we might go back to the old thing but with him and me it's like a really a true collaboration he gives me design and I can just change it a little bit or for example the bride that I just did recently for him he had uh, four odd ones for Francis he wanted to give her a bride I don't know if you know about that little limited release that he did and he said he doesn't want to have any flaws in her face so he didn't want to have any scars but Francis the the little uh, odd ones Johnny it's like a little Frankenstein's monster he had scars on his face so I gave her a little scar behind the neck and I said Scott I sculpted everything already I gave her a scar behind the neck if you don't want it let me know otherwise I'm gonna leave it and he was like okay cool that's kind of nice we're gonna leave that so yeah I'm I'm, I'm really I, I love actually working with them together on those things that's good yeah, <laughs> when you find someone that you enjoy collaborating with them definitely stick with them yeah. I, I hope I hope we're gonna do more projects in the future. Oh, I think he'll he'll keep you busy. Not full time busy, but he'll keep you plenty busy. George, how do you like working with Scott? Uh, no, I, I can agree with all the stuff you said. And then when I started seeing your stuff, I was like, well, he doesn't need me anymore. <laughs> oh no, he he does need you for sure because it, it seems that sometimes he's very short on sculptors. And for example, I had no I had no idea this that beat number two was coming out. And when I saw it, I'm like, damn. Scott doesn't need me. I actually had the same freaking thought. I'm like, what does Scott need me for? He has George. I, I guess you and me are sometimes busy enough that, you know, he keeps either one of us occupied. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's a good yeah, problem to have, though. I mean, the fact that he continues to use you both for the past several years, I mean, that's saying a lot. I know very early on, you know, even before Designer Toys, that Scott would, uh, he would stress a little bit about, you know, finding a new sculptor because you just, you know, you know how important a sculptor is to a project. It really, you know, plays a large part in why something succeeds. And so the fact that he trusts both of you and continues to use both of you and allows you to um, inject a little bit of yourselves in each no, one of his designs. Yeah, yeah I, th I think so too. And if it's actually good, good to know that I I'm sure Gary knows him much, much longer than I do. I actually met him in 2004. 15 at the designer toy awards i liked him before because i fell in love with the traitors that he did and i never knew that actually he sculpted the traitors himself it's, it's like an owl figure he has like an owl head um without a beak and like a human body and like a little suit and it's so adorable and so cute and when i found out he sculpted it himself i'm like what does he even need need his sculptors for he could do this shit by himself but probably for him it's a time issue He's got yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what I thought the first time I saw it too. I was like, "Why do you even, Why are you using me? You have your yeah. you could do this yourself." 
Exactly. That was a huge shock when I saw that figure. Yeah, I was I was mind baffled too, and it's it's even, it's even more of like a compliment that he hires us to do work for him because he might as well just do it himself. You know, you mentioning like you all sculpting all this stuff for different artists like as a collector I guess I just didn't realize that that was like a common thing I always thought that if an artist came up with a concept that they're the one who's going to kind of do all the stuff they're the ones who concepted and sculpted and painted and all of that but obviously that's that's not the case and and so sometimes I think it's really cool to find out who the sculptor is behind it because sometimes I think it's not always clear and I think it's kind of cool to know who might be the person behind the scenes that's kind of being that secret ninja and bringing stuff to life. Yeah, I would say more often than not, it's usually, you know, the artist is mainly the designer and then usually someone else is sculpting. But not so much today. Today's more of a well-rounded do-it-yourselfer time in the designer toy scene. Maybe like 10 years ago, it was definitely more divided. You know, artist was the designer, then there was a sculptor, and then someone else usually did the molding and then you sent it off to the factory. Like today, it seems there's a lot more do-it-yourselfers that are trying to tackle all elements of it yeah Yeah, especially with the resin scene like with the whole resin scene most of those people will be most likely making it themselves Mm -hmm. all the way so Mm -hmm. because having it produced uh, by a manufacturer it very often requires you to have your own funds so you just have to dig in your pockets a couple of grand or even more and not everybody has those finances so if you just do it in resin work by yourself you can do it for a few hundred dollars and um, just you know produces yourself in smaller limitations but kickstarter i know or indigo or what other companies they help little artists very often out if you have a nice crowd that follows you and wants to support you yeah so I got a question. We were talking about your uh, collaborations with Scott Tollison. You mm-hmm. re- you recently have the uh, the eight inch uh, Dunny version of Krampus coming out and releasing in October. Now that was it's a five rich- inch. Oh, it's a five inch. Five. Okay. Yeah, but he's he's taller because because of the way that I sculpted the, his his horns, aka the ears. He's like definitely taller than five inches because uh, I also added on the hoofs some some. Uh, clay so okay so, so he's he, bigger my question is this was originally a one-off done for yes. a, a dunny show through clutter at last year's new york comic-con yeah. so was that never up for sale and then they just decided let's just use your sculpt for the molds or did you have to, or was that sold and you had to resculpt one like what was the whole process there that actually happened in such short amount of time. Clutter basically invited Scott and me both uh, to be part of the DTA show in October during New York Comic Con, and and I, I agreed to to you know um, making a five inch dunny because I've never worked on a five inch dunny before. I think it was a relatively new platform back then in t- 2016, and. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm down, but I also had limited time. So Scott Scott messaged me and was basically, hey, um, are you part of the Glutter show? Do you want to collaborate? And I'm like, yeah, I'm already part. I haven't gotten sent a Dunny yet, but I already agreed to do this. So Scott basically, um, I asked Scott, hey, do you have any designs? Because I had I had nothing in my mind going on at that time, what I want to do with a five-inch Dunny. And he had drawn up designs from years ago, some more recent, and she just sent me a couple of sketches. And it was like five or six different designs, but the Krampus Dunny that he drew up 
was like the most elaborate that he that he had of all of the sketches, and that spoke right to me because Krampus is part of the German and uh, Austrian culture. He's like the the anti Santa Claus, and children usually grow up with the knowledge that if you're not a good kid. Krampus is going to get you, he's going to put you in a basket, he's going to put you in shackles, you know, he's, he's like the end of Santa Claus. So it's, it's, it just spoke to me because of my culture and of my heritage. And I'm like, I want to do that thing. He's like, cool, we're going to collaborate. And I was basically doing the sculpt for him. I did a couple of changes to the original design. I gave him like a little bit more of detail on the hands instead of just having those chubby little two-finger dunny arms. I gave him real claws. Um, I gave him real hoofs. And then I gave him a little bit of different horns than what was sketched. And he must have uh, showed like a couple of pictures to the staff of Kid Robot. And they asked if, you know, we can make casts of that. So they have some resin pieces and send it to the factory. So it went really in a short amount of time. And I'm like, I'm kind of late with you to send this to you because the clutter show is coming along. And we wrote to Miranda and said, hey, we're going to send this to you last minute. I have to make a mold of the original sculpt and then make resin pieces. So I already had the whole figure primed and then I made the mold. And oh, it was it was a shit show because there was there was so much new shit happening that I didn't anticipate. And because otherwise I wouldn't have primed it if I want to make a mold of it. But it happened within a short amount of time. I made a couple of molds and I sent out the original piece to Scott. He painted it within a week and we sent it in time out for the show. But while we did this, it was already probably in the planning to send a couple of casts to Kid Robot so they could decide if they want to have it produced or not. And while Kid Robot liked it and the manufacturer didn't do any changes at all to it, literally the original sculpt that I did, they used those resin casts and produced the same detail work now in the five inch figure which is kind of cool they didn't change anything on it no that's awesome and i'm glad that they did it before scott painted it i didn't know i didn't yeah. know like this all happened like was decided on after he had painted it and it did not yeah. sell and they just decided to cast it over his his you know beautiful paintwork and so that's interesting that you decided to cast it before you sent it to scott and i'm glad it worked yeah. out yeah I actually offered up to make just a completely new sculpt, you know, but um, I was told, nah, just use the original and then send us a, a couple of clean casts as good as possible, including of the shackles, including the the swatches that I did, like that the little thing that you um, whip the children with, which is made out of sticks. And um, yeah, I, I basically provided all of that. And it, it was just fun to see when I got like the first drafts of the manufacturer that they actually didn't change anything on the sculpt, which I accepted that they would simplify it. It's awesome. No, you don't mess with perfection. They're doing the little boy in the wooden bucket? Yes, yes. That, that is what actually the wooden bucket and the little boy. People think that little boy was based on on original Danny, but no, that little boy is only two inches and doesn't fit any of the Danny forms at all, aside from like the ears, you know, but that was completely hand sculpted and also something that wasn't shown in the sketches. All I saw in the sketch was like a, two little hands, a little head in a bucket, and I had to imagine what would be underneath, like what clothing he would wear. And I gave him one of those pants that have those straps over them, like what actually children would wear as little as little kids. Oh, uh, yeah, but I, I, I really had like a blast doing this because once again, God let me have my creative freedom and let me do changes, which was not in the sketches with the detail that he required. And I really enjoyed doing that. That's awesome. It's really cool that that you're, it's going to be your actual school translation into production. Is is this your first production piece? 
Yes, it actually is. Um, I've I've never done anything that where my footprint is on it, and I'm I'm actually very thankful for the opportunity that that we've gotten through Scott. As I I never imagined this being a production piece, but Scott loved the sculpt so much that he just reached out to Good Robot and said, "Well, I gotta ask them if they want to produce this." And within like a couple of days, it was like, "Okay, okay, girl, I know we're on a timeline, but you gotta make a mold of this." And <laughs> yeah, it just happened so quickly, and I still can't believe that this is gonna come out sometime in October this year. Yeah, <laughs> I just hope that the manufacturer will will paint it properly up because Scott has such a very delicate way and dry brushing, and he's really really great with paint work. Aside from all of the other talents that that he has, but he paints so much that it looks like it could be a production piece. There were like no brush strokes or anything on it. I think it's sold within a day right at the convention and um, is is now with somebody who actually works uh, for for like the walking dead or something. It's, 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 like, it's like another person. He has it in his office. Scott told me that and I'm, I'm just amazed what those, like where those pieces actually go. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. The uh, Marching mm-hmm. Up Toy Hour is sponsored by Scott Tallis and StollyArt.com. <laughs> Scott's a huge fan of the show, so he'll be excited about this. <laughs> well, how long have we been talking about Mr. Tallis? We're giving like free promotion <laughs> hour and like, a half. an hour. <laughs> <laughs> we got to stop this now. Let's talk about somebody else who's, who's up and coming in the toy scene. Scott already has like such a such a big name in the scene. Let's talk about somebody small who needs some promotion here. <laughs> <laughs> so you've had a, a great collaboration experience with Scott. Is there anybody else that you would like to collaborate with? Maybe a, a dream collaboration? Oh my God, yes. Okay, Tokyo Jesus. I think I think he mentioned something a few months ago. If he has time, he would love to work with me. I would love to work with Tokyo Jesus. I've been following him for, for a few years on Instagram, and he has been blowing up so much. I loved also the, the Danny series of the... Um, What's it called? D, di, di, it's not Divergent. That was a movie. <laughs> um, Arcane Divin- uh, Divination. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I don't even know what it means, but but <laughs> the way uh, honestly, I don't know what what both of those words mean because it's not my mother language. But it clearly shows that it's something magical, something gothic, something that is a little bit more in the dark. Trust me, not like 90% of the people have no clue what those two words mean. It's not just deal. It sounds cool. It sounds cool, but I don't think many people know what it means. It sounds magical, like some, like some dark magic, like some voodoo shit. And and the series kind of like translate into the darker works. And I, I really love Tokyo Jesus. As I said, I've been following for a few years now. So he would be one of those people I would love working with. And another one, who is not so much into the Santa toys, but he has made a couple of minor toys, is Colin Christian. He is an amazing artist. I have been actually um, at the Tate store. There are like two ones in Florida, and there are a couple of his pieces displayed, and I love his fucking work. So those are two artists I would love and be honored to work with. Yeah. So Colin Christian is not someone I'm very familiar with. Are they on Instagram? Oh, yes. Colin Christian, C-O-L-I-N, and then Christian, like the religious Christian. Just look it up, Teresa. You're going to be blown by his work. It's amazing. But it's also very sexual in some ways, so you might be too innocent for his work at the same time. Oh, Teresa likes to be blushed and embarrassed. It's okay. Now, Colin, Colin Christian, 
is in yeah. some way in some way involved with it's Sa- sauce right sas christian yes, sauce christian she she's his wife she does okay. amazing paintings which are similar which which are almost like 2d pieces of what he does in 3d he is he loves women he loves shoes he loves latex everything that is like a little bit more on the fetish side but it's such beautiful work oh god i could swoon over him for days he has been established in, in the uh, art scene for a while and he's brought out a couple of more uh, perverted toys. One of them is, is a bunny that stares on a couple of boobs. That is like a vinyl toy he brought out years ago. It's like a blue bunny and a pair of, you know, skin-colored titties. I don't know what, it, uh, what the title is. But I, can you just say titties again? Titties? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> we are not a fa- this is not a family show today. No, it's awesome. This is fun. Oh, oh is, is it ever a family show, though? I think, I think you have to. Nah. Eh, Ever since Teresa know. joined, it's been very PG. Oh, very, not a, very we're, we're certainly not against it. It's fine. It's good. Okay. It's good. I'm, I'm sorry, Teresa. I don't want to corrupt your mind. And if you, oh, if no, you, no, no. You're fine. I keep wishing Gary would corrupt her more, so I think this is funny. <laughs> I will, it puts me a little out of my comfort zone, but it's all good. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry, but check check his work out. Even though you know it is a little bit more fetish, I think you will appreciate what he does because it is very artistic and he does stuff on a large scale, which is yeah. even more impressive because there's there's just so much extra mind work that is involved because you can't just hold it in your hand. He he works for months or, or, or even longer on his freaking giant sculptures. Well, I'll have to definitely yeah. look them up. You know, speaking of that, you know, I'm kind of curious. Do you have like a either like a favorite sculpt you've ever done or maybe what you consider your most hardest or most complex sculpt you've ever done? Oh, that is an excellent question. Um, let me think. What is the most intricate sculpture that I have done and that I like? Goodness freaking gracious. Um, Detail-wise, it's definitely the muscle figures, I must say. I think the most challenging one that I recently did was from Super 7, from the worst, uh, the Black Falcon. He had, like, spikes and armor on him. That was a really complicated piece. But what I liked the most recently was, and I'm sorry, Scott, I have to mention you again, um, it is the Kappa, the Kappa Sama that I did, did for Scott. Because um, I have never really done skin texture before, so that was, for me, a learning experience. And to do it in a subtle way so it doesn't look, you know, too, too wrinkly, but it's it's very very subtle details. That was one of those things, and the turtle shell was just so much fun because I like doing the turtle on the turtle shell on my two-headed turtle previously. For some reason, I like I just like details and structure and stuff. So yeah, the Kapazama recently is definitely one of my favorite pieces because he's also cute and derpy and chubby at the same time. It's not just detail. It's it's like an adorable little fella. He looks he looks like um, the kind of dork that was bullied in school. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. it's a great. You did a great job on that. Yeah. And unfortunately, I'm going to have to cut all the towels and stuff out because you <laughs> talked about him so much. We've gone over. <laughs> I mean, holy plugs. <laughs> He's not a paying sponsor. We can't be talking about him this much. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm, it's, just, it's, it's all staying in. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know that your your Black Falcon that the, the for the Muscle Series cat, what? What did you use for like the studs? Are those like little metal beads that you put in the clay? 
Yeah, actually, little metal spikes. Yeah, they were they were the size between one and a half and two millimeters, I think. So it really shows you just how small the figure is. It's at a height of, actually, without the horns, I think it's 1.5 inches. And then I had to make those horns on the helmet, and that's the tallest figure at two inches in size. So, yeah, those were like little metal spikes. Whenever I have the opportunity to save myself time or when I know that I probably can't do it in a better way, I'm happily to use little chains or to use little spikes to make my work easier and more perfect when actually the pieces were pre-produced. So where do you, did you just find those like in an art store? And no, I, I ordered them online. I looked on eBay just for, you know, little metal spikes like studs or however you call them. And I found them. So oh, sometimes cool. you, you know, sometimes you have to make yourself the work easier. I understand that, that some sculptors probably want to do it all just just from scratch but I don't think there would be anything wrong if you you know give yourself a little bit of slack and just use the materials that you have at hand what 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 do you think George do you think it's cheating if I use you know little metal studs or like little tiny marbles in order to get the detail the perfect way no, I mean, that's exactly what you should do. Why sculpt a sphere when you can buy a sphere that's already made perfect? Or why sculpt a spike when you can just buy a spike and save the time putting it on? I mean, it's, that's half the sculpting is finding the right the right piece for the sculpt. Thank you. That's, that's really great to hear because I, I don't really talk to other sculptors in any way or, or can get input from them. So it's, it's really good to hear that you confirm that you want to use the easier option as well. Oh no, especially like those little like the rivets around his belt and arm bracelets and stuff. Were they just like were they pinheads? Were they just No, they those are actually E D B D tiny marbles. Um oh, okay. Yeah, they they're just really, really small. Very often used for nail art. And I looked for micro they they're called like microbeats. I don't really do nail art or anything, but I looked for microbeats in metal so they don't melt when you bake them in the oven. And oh, I found yeah. some. And they, they really are so itty bitty tiny. I wouldn't I, I would have such a trouble making those tiny little marbles and maybe even squishing it while I'm working on the clay. So I just I try to make my job easier. Yeah, no, those <laughs> are and and you still have to figure out the placement and putting them in. Yes. So I mean there's no way that's cheating. That's that's hundred percent the right way to do it. No, I mean, it makes complete sense. One of the things I've also always struggled with is like finding the right tools because you know, if I go to like say a Michaels or whatever her locally, there's not a ton of options. There might be a few plastic tools or whatever, but they're not the mm -hmm. greatest. And you know, your hands aren't perfect. So I just didn't know if like I've heard some people will actually end up creating like their own tools. Yes. Like is that something you do frequently just to kind of be able to get to, you know, create the different detail and stuff when you're working? George, do you wanna go first? You're the guest. You go first. Oh, thank you. But oh, hey, aren't you a guest too, though? You're not a regular at the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> a little burn. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Honestly, I think I think you would be great as a regular at the show because you have so much input and so much knowledge. And you, you again, are a peer because you are um, much, much longer in the scene than some of his other guests probably are. Well, I can definitely talk about my tools. Most of the tools that I use on on a daily basis, and Gary, no giggling. I said tools uh, I know, with an I S know. on the end. I know, I can't help it. Gary, um, Gary, I had, I had exactly the same thought. We don't need to talk about it. I know. <laughs> um, I, I've made all mine that I use right now, and it's just from 
just mostly out of necessity because a lot of the times the stuff that you'll see in stores will either be too big for the work that I do yeah. or or sometimes too brittle that if you're buying them all the time because you're breaking them all the time. So it's like I'd rather just make it and that way I can just keep fixing it. Um, but there is a site uh, and it's a, it's a guy who's a friend of mine named Ken Banks. And if you go to Ken'sTools.com, it's yes! K-E-N-S-T-O-O-L-S, um, Ken'sTools.com, um, he makes tools that are used in the industry in, in mostly in special effects industry but also like the toy like it's a lot of the same tools you would use for the toy stuff but you would get the smaller versions um so ken's tools is a great place online to go to um get any of the kind of things you need and he also does eyeballs and things like that if you need that kind of stuff but uh he has he and he supplies tools for a lot of the uh, art schools around the nation like they they will order from him so it's 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 the same tool that you're going to be getting if you go to a lot of these like uh, art stores and things like that. He he actually is the guy that makes them. Cool. And he he and usually you, does them also like piece piece by piece, and they range like between five and I think ten dollars per piece. But they're absolutely worth it because he considers the small sculpting people. He has like little little um, things where he can make, for example, nails on dolls. They have like a specific U shape form. So if you want to make your work easier, you definitely these these tools are great. Otherwise, you can make your own, and I'm the same way actually. I use guitar strings. You buy yourself a pair of, of different guitar strings and you can use them as little like scoop tools. So those those ones you're going to make yourself uh, your own ones from because as George said, sometimes they are too big and those scoop tools that you can get online, they tend to be too big for the detail work that you want to do. Or what I also love, which is usually often cheaper, you go on Amazon and you look for dentist tools, which are metal tools to begin with. So they last longer than those little uh, metal uh adjustments on a wood base and they are so much cheaper and usually exactly the same as sculpting tools and they are great for like little tiny work so this yeah de dentist tools that's a good tip um yeah George, yeah i mean those that's exact those are the exact tools that all are on my desk it's it's guitar string tools that i made with brass rod and or brass yes. tube and guitar string and mm -hmm. uh and dental tools that i've you know shaped down into the tool into the shapes that i need yes you just you just need to send them down or dremel them down and give them some more edge. Now, Silly, you you helped sculpt the um, the Krampus five inch dunny. Is it true that you also sculpted the uh, the new Batman dunny head sculpts? What? <laughs> Heck! Oh my God! I, I'm I, just trying to chip you up. Oh my God! No, I I have seen the sculpts because they're god awful. Um, <laughs> honestly, they look like a twelve year old school kid sculpted them. I think some somebody. <laughs> Somebody actually mentioned something like this uh, between tall people that I chat with, and and it almost sounds believable. So they're like, "Hey, a twelve-year-old sculpted them. It's like a special project for good robot." And the scalable, I say, "I'm like, that sounds almost believable." So I can't even, you know, hate hate on those dunnies, but. What were they thinking? I'm sorry, Kid Robert, I love you. I really do. But those sculpts are god-awful. Why did she have to mess with the Donny shape and elongate them and give them, like, an edge? That that Robin looks just god-freaking-awful. I think, like, the two <laughs> no, Someone no. really hates Robin. That's all I have to say. <laughs> so you agree on that. It's, it's just, Remember, oh remember though, that could also be licensor stuff. Yeah, that yeah, the licensor wanted to have them this way. What were they thinking? At least, at least freaking do the print work on the design then a better way and not so sim simple. And oh goodness, I'm I'm sorry. I don't want to be a hater. 
my mom told no, me you... if I have don't if, if I don't have anything positive to say, don't say anything. But God, they are so in my eye. I hate those figures. <laughs> well, I don't feel bad. I I don't think these were de- they weren't designed for us. They were designed for the designer toy market. This is mass production. This is stuff for the comic book stores and the Barnes and Nobles, and it's not for us. So yeah. I I and I don't even know that they're technically calling them dunnies. Yeah, they they used what we what we know as the dunny platform, but I don't know that anywhere on the box or or actually Kid Robot is calling them dunnies. I I don't know that. Aren't they blind box dunnies, Joe? Am, am I getting this wrong? I All haven't right. seen the I'm double, I'm double checking you on so, that. So they, yes, so they are. They're, they're dunnies, but I don't I don't know that Kid yeah, Robot is actually them. calling them. They're calling, they're calling them dunnies? Yeah. Oh, see. Okay. See, I, yeah. you know, I, I am not, I rarely say negative things, but I have to say that they're atrocious in, in many ways. Like, eat. Regardless of the dunny school, the dunny school, like just across the board, they just are not good. Batman literally looks like he's trying to hold in. Like, <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's just, it's just a shame because we've seen so many Batman and Harley Quinns and other. We've seen so many customs done that were amazing, and these production ones aren't half of what the the good custom ones were. So, but it's unfortunate. But let's move on. Um, so we're running a little long. We got some questions for you. We hit the stomping ground, the Marsham stomping ground, and we let people know that you're going to be on tonight, silly. And so we have some, you know what, tell you what, our, our listeners on the stomping ground, they have some very hard-hitting and well-thought-out questions for you. Oh. So are you ready for those? Hit us. I just don't want to have a mark on my face, please. Okay. Well, the first one comes from <laughs> John Spanky Stokes, and he wants to know, what's kitchen paper? What's kitchen paper? Okay. <laughs> I think that is a mistranslation from German into English. Um, in Germany, we literally, if you translate a word for word, we call uh, kitchen paper towel. That's, that's uh-huh. like those, those uh, one-time usage things that you put in your kitchen or you use to clean your mirrors with or whatever. Yeah, paper or, towels. Pa- paper towel. Okay. And you call it kitchen paper. Yes, we literally call okay. it kitchen paper. That is, that is what it is, paper towel. <laughs> I, I love all those translations. When we worked, I worked in an animation studio, and uh, we call them erasers, but the people from Ireland always called them rubbers. And sometimes you would hear the, "Can you pass me a rubber?" And yeah. Like, oh you, my God! You think of a call? No. <laughs> no, this is this is not a bottle. I'm sorry, we're not passing okay. you rubbers. All right. So the next question, Eric Alfin, sad salesman. He would like to know, can you make some more two-headed turtles? Eric, I freaking love your work. We actually talked about you early on the podcast. And yes, I hope first of all that I can meet you at Decon and I will definitely work some, on some more turtles for actually November 2017. So please give me a hug when you see me. All right. And Brad Smith. Well, he would just like some cookie recipes from you. Oh, I can provide them. I know he's a vegan. Um, we, we basically met each other through Stranger Factory because I have been doing a show for them in, in June. And I found out that he is vegan as well. So, yes, I'm going to send you some freaking recipes for vegan stuff. But I don't think you will actually cook them yourself or bake them. You need somebody <laughs> to make that for you. He's too busy traveling. So, uh, listeners, you guys got to come with better questions. These are fun questions. They're fun. They're lighthearted fun. But surely you can come up with something a little better for our guest next time. It's a challenge. 
Maybe you can guys, you you guys can ask me something that you're interested in, and I will see to answer that for you. Well, that's nice, and we'll definitely have to have you back and uh, asking more questions. So we've been running a little long, so it's been great having you on, silly. Wait, are we done already? I can, we can keep going. Like I said, I can just cut out the towels and stuff. We'll save about forty-five minutes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, <laughs> Teresa, Teresa said, if, if I remember right, you wanted to be in bed before midnight, so we got less than 20 minutes to keep the girl on. Oh, the girl's having a great time. She doesn't want to leave. No, I, I actually like you, and, and I love that you're so innocent. Um, I'm, 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 so, I'm sorry if I make you feel uncomfortable. As, as I told um, <laughs> um, Gary earlier, while it was just a short conversation between me and me, I don't really have a filter. I don't know how to put a filter on, so... If anything comes off as abrasive, I apologize. And I really don't mean it in a bad way. I tell you, all I want, I, I'm, I'm literally a people pleaser. People that I work with or people that I like, I want to make them happy. And if my personality might come off as a little bit abrasive, it's it's not meant that way. You, you're seriously more than fine. Honestly, like, I wish I could be that way. It's just so not me. Probably the way I was raised. Like, I just... <laughs> You kind of have to meet Teresa. Like, she is just, like, the most bubbly, friendly, like, I just can't imagine talking, like, anything foul with you, Teresa. Like, I yeah. even when I talk to you, I always feel like, Gary, you're talking to Teresa, like, cut out the language, <laughs> t- tone it down. <laughs> uh, you know, it, is, it is admirable because nowadays so many people, children, teenagers at a really young age are corrupted by the internet, are corrupted by the way people speak to each other. So mm-hmm. having having people who are more pure and innocent and guarded and, um, you know, grew up in a different way, that is always great to have. And I hope that you never use uh, lose this. I hope that none of us ever will corrupt you and, you know. <laughs> Take take this oh. innocence away from you because this is something very precious to keep, and not many people nowadays have that anymore. I'm a corrupter. Teresa is a big fan of Toki Doki. Oh, Toki Doki. Toki Doki has an adult sex toy line. Oh, isn't that? So I will be sending her like. Gary, don't, I don't know. send me that. <laughs> no, but I know that. You, you can put it. You can put it with the rest of your Toki Doki no. collection. It'll fit right in. Nobody. Your, par- you, your parents could come over and they would have no idea what that weird looking toy is in that collection. Gary. They would just think it's another toy. Do they? Do they vibrate like like Barry the Beaver? Oh yeah, they got they got they got no. They're that's a full Did collection. You? They got the oh yeah, they got the with the pocket rocket, you know, skinned in. A question though: Are they made out of toxic vinyl, or did they use no, no? This is, that a, are... this is a real, this is a real sex toy company. They, I have, no. I have yeah. never heard of Toki Doki making this because I have pillow covers. I love Toki Doki. I love like this oh, little no. cactus cat and whatever they did, but I didn't know they made this. And the thing is, I'm asking about Barry the Beaver because I, I don't exactly remember who freaking made Barry the Beaver. Jeremy Fish. Yes, Jeremy Fish. Thank you so much. And um, I'm, I'm on Rotocast that I don't know if you know it, but this is like an online um, uh, library, a toy library, almost like Trent. I think Trent, Trent is the other one. And mm-hmm. it, popped, yep. it popped up years ago and it's like Barry the Beaver and, and it vibrates and it looks like a freaking dildo and has like a, <laughs> the, little, the little like tail on, on, on the back, which probably is like uh-huh. able to tickle your clit or whatever. But a, fr- a friend of mine, he, he he had the toy and he didn't know. He didn't know it was a vibrator. I'm like, hey, have you ever tried vibrating? And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, dude, you have a vibrator in your house. And the vibration is just a, 
the saddest vibration ever. So it's it's more it's more of a toy to look at than ever. Right. To use. Yeah, I think it was intended more as a joke on the fact that we call them adult toys. Yes. And yeah, it, it was, I don't think it was ever intended to actually be a vibrator. Oh, I, it, it works, though. I'm telling you that much, but it, it's a sad <laughs> thing. But I never, I never would have thought of that being a joke to, yes, 15 years and up, you know, our, our designer toy scene. It makes so much sense. It's an absolute brilliant execution by Jeremy Fish. The name is brilliant. Bury the Beaver. Um, it, but yeah, it's, it, not, it's, not like... sexual, it's not sex toy quality silicone. So no, it's very you know, hard. Keep it on the shelf. I was totally dis- disappointed too, and it's, it's small too, but still, it's a freaking cute toy, and nobody would know that it has that function. Especially Teresa I, wouldn't know. I have to say, I just googled it. It's super cute. I could, That's I could cool. totally see having it in my collection. I would have known. Go no, ahead, I, add it. It had that spin to it, but it's cute. <laughs> if if I had Barry the Beaver, more than likely it would just be, be a toy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what that kind of toy, Teresa? A good old-fashioned on-the-shelf designer toy, like a, like an elf on the shelf. An elf on the shelf. And I don't think that is, that is typically American. I never knew what an elf on the shelf was until until somebody told me about it. That every Christmas you put like a little elf in in, in, a, in a different spot on a shelf, and it's like a block or something right it's anything to capitalize on someone will come up with the idea now they have the what's the jewish version mensch on a bench mensch on a bench yes mensch on a bench basically a human on the bench interesting and do they do they put like little human-sized elves on a bench then or something from my understanding it's very similar to what the elf on the shelf is but the jewish version for hanukkah it literally looks like just an old Jewish man, and you just put him around the house the way you put the elf around the house. So the the stereotype with like the curls instead of the cutlets and, yeah. and like little hat or something. Yeah, that's yes. cute. That is adorable. It, both this elf on the shelf and mensch thing are newer. I didn't grow up with all that stuff. It's like a new no, thing. No, it's the last ten years. Be, be good for Santa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or we have. It the Krampus. If you're not good, you're going to get kidnapped and put in shackles and be enslaved by Krampus. It's a lot more terrifying. And I made the mistake of actually trying to watch the movie. I turned it off after the bus. Oh, I loved the freaking movie. Oh, it was oh, so Oh, that's a shame. Good. Krampus is one of the best, dude. Yes. Yes. Good in a bad way. Is that what's a, that's what you guys mean, right? It's so bad. No, I actually, at, at Comic-Con, I bought one of the Krampus bells from Weta. They, were, they had the Krampus bell from the movie for sale. Oh. Oh, I, I love that movie. It was so, so good. Also, also because the grandma was actually German. And a lot of times when I hear American movies, um, they put in actors that have the German accent, but you know exactly those are hard-learned words. They they are not really actually Germans that play those roles. Well. So when when I watched Inglorious Bastards for the first time in the USA and also Krampus, I'm always happy when I see actual German actors speak German. So yeah. what she was saying was the real stuff? Yes, yes. She was an actual German woman and she spoke the real language without any, um, you know, fake accent or anything. It was, it was awesome. perfect. Yes. And she, she was like the typical grandma that she would expect. And she was terrified of Krampus. I mean, you have seen the movie. I love the movie, too, because the way they depicted Krampus, he looked more human than like the goat type of Krampus that everybody is uh, knowing. And I love that about him. 
it was it was a good ending too. It was like a nice little twist at the end. I'm sorry, Gary, you didn't like the movie. Gary, you got to watch the whole thing. Yeah. So I didn't actually turn it off. I just stopped paying attention to it, and I went off and did something else in the house. So I I could give it another chance. It's on HBO, but so I designed a toy called Sylvan, and that was actually based off of Krampus too. But I didn't want to say it was Krampus because that's just it's not my personality to go that evil. So so it was loosely based on Krampus, but I couldn't actually say it was Krampus. Did you post it on any of your social networks? Um, yeah, yeah, it's out there somewhere. If you just Google search Gary Ham Sylvan, S-Y-L-V-A-N, okay. you would see it. But it's not like a kidnapping kids with chains and all that. It's just a very uh, more cutesified version. I'm looking. It's, I don't. I don't think most people oh, even yes. know. Yes, I actually love that figure. Yes, oh, I have nice. seen this before. I'm. I'm looking right now on on Google. You know what I actually like about your work? Tell me. The color choices. <laughs> the color choices that you make. I have like a big affection for like the blue and orange, and you use in combination with those colors also the black or the brown to give it more of a depth. And you have made this cute little badge, and I think that is like a blue, yellow, orange, and brownish color, and I love those colorways on it so much. Oh, cool! Thanks. Yes, and 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 the Sylvan. I, I didn't even know that he had some relations to Krampus. I'm looking at him well, I don't, right now. Most most people don't. It's because I didn't. I didn't like I don't think you would look at it and know other no, than it having never. like the the goat like legs and it's got the horns and it's got the kind of the scary gripping fingers. But you don't look at it and say Krampus and that's good. I didn't necessarily want people to look at it and see that. Yeah. You're just loosely inspired by. I would have never, never known. And your work is just like, you know, cutesy as well. So the, the, the cuteness factor, I think, is like a big thing that sells for people. And you have that down, like Chris Reinex God, you you have like all of the, the like you know the the sense into the cuteness and at some at the same time a little bit of creepiness. So this is all a great Chris usually with his like dark black eyes, which is yep. alien like, but at the same time he does those cute little thingies. And then yeah, also how was it working with uh, Brian Brotherford? He has this amazing like rotocasting machine or something that you guys took to a convention. When I was watching those videos, I was amazed. Mm-hmm. Ryan is one of the coolest guys you'll ever meet. Extremely knowledgeable in everything manufacturing wise. Uh, great personality. Super, super nice guy. I mean, he's a, he's a giant, but a gentle giant. So, you know, you can approach him and he'll, he loves nothing more than informing and teaching people. So anyone who walked up to the booth, he would teach them what he was doing, it, why he was doing it, and let them. He would let them stir the, you know, the resin and actually, you know, fill the molds and put it in the machine. And he's just such a cool guy, and I, I can't say more great things about him. And um, so yeah, that's that's awesome to hear. Uh, I I actually I know him from from back then when he came out with this uh, came out with design of the ice cream cone i think that was like his his like like rocket starter through the fucking sky yeah. and that happened years ago as well so i'm i'm super happy to see that he does not only do his own work but also works with people also works with people like you to get on the little timble stump or however you call it what what was the name of the little tree stump thingy that that he did i just called it logan logan <laughs> logan okay. logan as some people call it Oh, like, okay, Logan, like the, the um, X-Men character, but at the same time, yeah. Log. Imagine being like Log Man, and we just dropped the M and called it Logan. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes yep. sense. Yep. But that that thing sold so well at the convention, right? Like, Ryan couldn't couldn't uh, stop making more uh, photocasts for you. 
Uh, no, Ryan was a machine, man. Like, uh, no, they sold really well. And so we were taking online orders and then fulfilling orders at the convention. And so Ryan was pretty much tirelessly working those two days, like nine hour days. So 18 hours and pretty much through lunches too. He would just, you know, keep cranking, you know, he would eat of course, but he would, you know, spin the machine. I think the machine, his Brodocaster spit out I, th- I believe it was two every 10 minutes, something like that. So, yeah, they did really well. Uh, they're pretty much almost sold through. I have a few more on the website. But other than that, they did really well. I hope you gave the guy a bonus, too. <laughs> he did well. But, you know, the whole thing about it was we just wanted to show people that, yeah, you could do this sort of stuff in the States and not have to really jack up the prices. We wanted to make it really affordable. So we, you know, the profit on each piece, they were only, what, 30 or $35 each. No, there was not a large profit margin. We just wanted to keep the prices low and keep people happy and move as much product as possible. So, yeah. Okay, good. Good. (laughs) So, I got one last question for you. Uh, Let's say you're taking a... Let's say you couldn't fly out to a designer con and you had to drive. Uh, You're stuck in the car during this cross-country trek. What one person in the designer toy scene do you want to be stuck in that car with for... What, two days? Okay. <sighs> I think that is relatively easy. Uh, that would be Jesse. Jay Ryu, because he is a very wise man. He is incredibly knowledgeable. He is, he is super zen and calm in his personality. Yeah. And I think he could talk for hours without me getting bored of him. Okay. No, that's a great choice. I, I'll just make one suggestion. Make sure you bring a dictionary. And a hearing aid. But yeah. yes, Jesse, Jesse would be that person that I would, would want to be on the road with because I think I could learn a lot from him and a lot of spiritual things as well. Definitely. No, that's a good choice. Thank I you. Thought you were, I thought you were going to say Scott. <laughs> <laughs> no, the thing is, Scott and me, we are both Gemini. Okay? I'm like the last the last day of Gemini. I think his birthday is on the 17th or 18th. I think it's 18th June. And... Gemini's after a while they will clash with each other. My brother is a Gemini and we we have like a hate love relationship with each other. So I think Scott and me we would just both feed each other feed off each other's energy. So if one of us would get frustrated, the other one would get too. And I think Jesse would be just a permanently calm person to keep me level headed and to to just take all of my stress and anxiety away. That's just the type of person I believe he would be. Yeah. Good choice. But Teresa, you're cute bringing Scott Tolson again in this game. Just bring me up <laughs> stop talking about him. <laughs> Welcome to the Stolly Art Hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's about time to wrap it up, but one final question. Are you going to meet DesignerCon this year? Yes. It, it would be a pleasure to meet all of you because it would be the first time ever I can get to this convention and I sadly have not been in the past been able to detend, uh, sorry, to attend many aside from the New York Comic Con and the GTAs in 2015. So really, if, if you guys can make it, I will be there no matter what and no matter how much money it costs, I will be there and I would love to meet you know, everybody and also talk a little bit more on a personal level than just interacting with somebody over comments through Instagram. Yeah, definitely. Are you just going as a guest or are you going to be like, Scott would probably let you share part of his booth or like, yeah, we, 
I, I don't know if this is time for prison settle, but we are planning on it because, you know, Krampus will be probably also coming out around that time. So if he would have me and sharing a booth with me, uh, probably next to Lucifer. I, I love Lucifer too. Like Lucifer is such a freaking nice guy. He has been in the toy scene for so long as well. He is actually the one, and shout out to freaking Lucifer, who got me in contact with Super 7. And through him, I was able to do those freaking amazing muzzle projects. And I can't wait to work more with them. So Lucifer, you're the fucking best and I hope to see a decon because he gives amazing hugs but I only saw him for two minutes in 2015 during New York Comic Con and then he was at the DTAs but he was at the bar the whole time and I was at a different place at the DTAs and we didn't see each other once so he's an amazing hugger and if, if everybody sees me at Decon, that, that goes out to all of the people listening thank you first of all for tuning in and for listening to our crap um, please Please say a word, tell me who you are, and give me a freaking hug. Don't be afraid, because hugging is, is one of the things that I love. I love to get touchy-feely with people. Um, I hope that I don't make you feel uncomfortable, but I just love hugging people and be personal and socialize with you. So please come I'm by. I'm going to put it out there and also say hug Gary as much as possible. I, I know he's a huge hugger, too, and probably wants to hug. Yes! And not just me. I, Frank Kozik loves hugs, so you should just... <laughs> Get like a running start and just let Frank catch you in his arms. He loves hugs. He's just a big teddy bear. Right now, right? Because Teresa and me, we were both having the same opinion because I have been trying to, you know, meet Frank Kozik for many years now. But Teresa has the same um, uh, fear. Fear. Yeah, fear that, <laughs> that Frank is more of like a grumpy person, and I hope that it's, he's a hugger and then more of a gentle giant than what his persona. I, I think Frank. I I've never I briefly met him, so I yeah. can't say one way or the other. I don't know him, but I think he's just one of those victims of resting grump face. I, I've heard he's actually a really sweet guy and a good guy. He's just one of those guys that, on appearance, doesn't look all that approachable. So I know where you guys are talking about. Um, but I think he's just a victim of re resting grump face. So, so he would love nothing more than give you a hug. Okay, he would he would not reject me because it's one of my fears. I actually commented uh, a couple months ago on his Instagram because I follow that guy. Of course, he travels like everywhere. He posts rarely pictures of his art anymore. It's more just like traveling him and food. So typically Instagram. But I'm like, Frank, if if, if I ever get to meet you at Decon anywhere, I made it my mission to hug you. And I really hope, you know, he will freaking return the hug. Of course, he didn't comment back or anything, but fuck, it, it would be, I, I would be just the happiest child. I would even wear a plate t-shirt or anything. I actually love plate stuff. I, I have like a, cup, a couple of shirts that have this, how you call them, like the, the, the wood cutter, the wood axe man designs, like this. <laughs> ha, how you yeah. Call them? I played shirt, right? I, I would even yeah. wear one of those if that builds a rapport with him. I would do just anything to fucking hug the guy and get a smile back. <laughs> Getting a smile back might be a big ask. You gotta, you gotta end this podcast, Gary. I know. You gotta wrap <laughs> it up, people. So, Teresa, uh, that that Teresa, silly cat, yes. seriously silly K. Let us. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, why don't you take a brief moment and let everyone know where they can find you. Okay, um, you might have probably heard before, if that wasn't cut out, that I'm not on Facebook or Twitter or any other social websites. My only one actually is Instagram, and I'm pretty active on there. If you write a comment to 99%, I take the time to write you back. And my Instagram is seriously silly K, just the letter K. 
And you can find me there. I'm in public profile. So feel free to just chit chat with me to tell me where you're coming from. And as I said, I'm going to check you guys out and happily uh, have conversations with you. Now, how do people contact you if they wanted to hire you for sculpting? Do they just DM you through Instagram or do you prefer them to email you like by going to a website or something? Yeah, I'm, I'm not terrible with, with DMs, especially um, if that person is not a person that I follow. I think it goes like in a request line that I barely ever get to see. Uh, so, yeah, yeah um, I have been busy with taking on any commission works of private people. I usually get, you know, swamped with, with uh, other sculpting projects from Super 7 or I do toy shows. Scott. Or Scott, yes. Like, he keeps me beautifully <laughs> busy, which is a great thing. But it, it's mostly at the moment, like, Super 7 Scott or even my own shit, which I'm happily to do. But if if you want to um, catch me, then just write me an email as well to seriouslysillyk at gmail.com. And uh, otherwise, just write on Instagram. Yeah. Very cool. I'm hard to reach. I'm sorry about that. I'm a very no, private person usually. No, that's good. <laughs> uh, uh, Teresa, where can people find you? All right. Well, Kat, this has been fun. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. And if you ever want me back, I would love to be there again, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Thank you. Oh, yeah, definitely. We, Teresa's working on a little side project for the show. So, uh, Teresa, maybe that's something you can uh, fold silly in with. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll Where let you know. Where can find you? So, to find me, I'm just like you. Uh, I'm really mostly on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook, too. But for Toy World stuff, um, just find me on Instagram at TMHAWK24. George. At George Gaspar on Facebook and Twitter, at Double G Toys on Instagram. And uh, again, thank you guys for having me back on the show as well. Definitely. We love you, George. And I am Gary Ham. You can find me at uh, Gary Ham on Instagram or superham.com. This has been the Marsham Toy Hour. We do this every week, not because we have to, but because we want to. There you go. Uh, until our next transmission, we're signing off. Bye. Bye, Bye. everyone.